What's up and welcome to the Beyond Sundays podcast. I'm the host, Brett Stewart, and today I have two very special people with me. One of them is Jake Mills. You know him. Maybe you're glad to hear him again. Maybe you're tired of hearing him. I don't know. Jake, hello. Hello. Sometimes I'm tired of hearing me too. It's fine. Sometimes I'm tired of my yeah, yeah. tired of myself hearing yeah. myself. Yeah, it's fine, but I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's good. And then today we have Than Nathaniel Brown. So what's up, Than? Who are you? What do you do? And what do you want people to know about you? Wow. A lot of opportunity here to say a whole, whole lot. I know. I mean, we can edit out anything that you say. So right. if it's not good, we'll just re-record this. Answer well. those questions, but in three seconds. Right, right. That's fine. It's concise. I got I, it. I do want to let people know that to this date, with all of our episodes, we have yet to like take something out and re-edit it and like re-record it. I mean, we we try to record these things just straight through, raw, true, no edits, no cuts. So, anyways, don't don't mess it up. Than. <laughs> oh, that's right. <what> <laughs> yeah, Dan, please don't mess that up. Go. Yeah. Well, hello everyone. Uh, yeah, my name's Nathaniel Brown, and uh, I have to always start with Nathaniel and then move to what most people call me, Than T H A N. And uh, I, I get called all kinds of in- interesting things, you know, Stan, Fran, Dan, Fan, uh, right? So. Uh, Even yeah. earlier, Jake was like, I'm a fan fan. I'm a fan of fan. Yeah, I did say that. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been here at uh, Beltway going on 16 years. That's a long crazy time. to me. I'm a groups guy. I'm a groups pastor, and so I help people get connected. I work with group leaders. I love it. Yep. And uh, just that opportunity to see people experience community. Um, I'm married. I've got a beautiful wife. Her name's Adina. And she's been on the show uh, with us. She yeah. has, in fact, yeah. She uh, she loves people a whole, whole lot and does that well. And so uh, I'm blessed in that. I've got two boys. Uh, my older son is David. He's 23, lives up in Colorado. And then I've got a 17-year-old son, Connor, who's a junior at Wiley High School here in Abilene. And so we're rocking it, doing our thing. So Yep. It's been, uh, it's been cool to see Connor uh, stepping up as a leader amongst his other friends who are also leaders in the student yeah. ministry. Uh, that's been awesome. I used to work with Than and then for Than, and then I was fired by Than, which is now <laughs> wow. why they stuck me behind a computer, a microphone, and a camera. I, I don't and I'm not allowed that. to have face-to-face <laughs> interactions. I don't remember it like that. Way, but uh, <laughs> here we are. Yeah. I mean, I went from being like interacting with people all the time face-to-face, and it after I worked for Than for a little while, you know, they're like, hey, Brett, we... We think you should do this online. You should do this online. Do this online. Yeah. Hey, so that's a joke. Entirely joke, by the way. Hopefully you know that. But uh, here we are. It's week five. Seems Uh, like five. Week five of our hard questions series. If you haven't been following along with us, first of all, hit the pause button on this podcast episode, and I want you to go to YouTube, search Beltway Park Church, hit subscribe to our channel, and then find that hard questions sermon playlist and follow along with what we've been going through. We've been asking some hard and difficult questions as a church and trying to navigate these, not stray away from them, but navigate them. And we've addressed it on the podcast a couple of times, and Pastor David has also addressed it of like, we don't have just the perfect answers all the time. Like we're we're not gonna we're not gonna answer this perfectly and we're we're not even gonna like f- necessarily feel confident about the questions 
being asked and how we might have to respond in the moment. It's causing us to dive deeper, to figure out why do we believe what we believe, and to to accept the wrestle. So it's don't be afraid of wrestling with questions of your faith, uh, but actually jump into it. Accept the wrestle. I mean, even as I talk about that, I think about Jacob uh, wrestling with mm-hmm. God and like, yeah, he gets his hip broke, but then he gets the name Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it is part of our faith to wrestle with things, but in doing so, there is a solidifying process that happens. And we come to a place of, you know what? I know why... I believe what I believe, and because I know the why, that now empowers the who and the how and the when, you know? So this week, we're talking about how can we trust a church? How can we trust the church when it's been responsible for so much injustice over the years? Yeah, Jeffrey did a good job uh, this last weekend, just taking on this hard question. He's not in here because we thought... Yeah, you can talk about your own sermon, but it'd be kind of weird. So he um, would do it. Though. He would do it. He's yeah. done it on pre-show, post-show. <laughs> but he did a he did a great job um, just tackling this question. And this is a question that a lot of people ask. Um, you know, it's a it's a difficult one. What you know when you when you study church history, man, the church doesn't look that great uh, a lot of centuries mm-hmm. and. So Jeffrey, you know, touched on the big ones, you know, the Crusades, the Holocaust, even um, Christian leaders owning slaves, things like that. And so when you look at the church in history, man, it's hard to hard to believe that this is something I want to give my life to. And so I liked how he kind of went through those things and just to Brett's point, you know, left the tension. Like there's a tension there, and we're not going to be able to solve it. And that's the way these questions are, and that's the way faith is. You can't always solve the tension. You have to learn to manage it. You have to learn to live in a tension. Uh, but my first thought when I think about this question is that not everything done in the name of the church is done in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's right. Um, at least not truly you know, yeah, not genuinely. I, I agree. And I loved in, in Jeffrey's message, he really unpacked Luke 10 and the story of the Good Samaritan mm-hmm. and really what it means to love our neighbor. And, uh, you know, that if we really embrace that, which is the gospel of Jesus uh, yeah. at its core, if we're really embracing that, then the church isn't going to for the most part... Look or display the things that maybe certain points in history have. That's right. And and when we see those atrocities, when we see those abuses of the church, uh, historically, it's because they have veered away from yeah. what does it mean truly to love our neighbor. And so... I think he talked about, maybe he talked about symptoms, this idea that, you know, that's a symptom of... When, when you look in history and you see us go off, off, you know, base, that's a symptom of us not being tethered and tied to the heart of Jesus, to, like you said, the gospel. That's right. And so it's actually, it should have the opposite effect on us. We look at the history of the church, and we see that, and we we should run more to the church and the heart of Jesus, knowing that that's where the good stuff comes from. That's right. And see the bad stuff and think, man, that's that's being outside of the gospel. That's being outside of the truth. That's being outside of the the real church, the genuine church. Therefore, right. me as an individual, I want to run towards the gospel and towards right. the heart of Jesus. 
Yeah, I think you know it's okay to say those were bad things yeah. that happened. Yeah, in the name of the church, in the name of Jesus, and and just call it what it is. It was wrong. Um, it was sinful, and and you know we're, we're that's it. Um, yeah, and to to really go down the road of saying, hey, if we're if we're embodying, if we're embracing the heart of Jesus, and we're running after loving Him and loving our neighbor as He intends. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna steer more down the road of look the amazing things that God can do through that yeah. versus all the yucky stuff that that our history reveals. And Brett, you and I were talking about before this, just kind of the question that comes to mind is does uh, do the do the mistakes of a person or an organization the worst moments the worst, the worst moments days. the worst days does that does that cause us to just throw the baby out with the bathwater, yeah. you know, or can we, can we accept the good stuff? I think about, you know, pastors who have had moral failures, yeah. um, or yeah. songwriters, songwriters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there have been some anointed songs that literally I feel like speak the truths of heaven. Mm-hmm. And yeah, some of those songwriters have come out to you know, you find out that there's been years of this issue, and then there was lying, and then this yeah. was actually written about this, and but it 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 doesn't somehow like does that de- negate yeah negate or de anoint yeah what God was yeah. still doing through that yeah. person. That's yeah, a hard question we, to wrestle with. Can we? It is. it is hard. Can we still read a book by a church? I'm a, I'm by a pastor who has had a moral failure, um, and and prove that he you know, was in sin during writing the book, you know, can we still read that book and get something out of it? Can we still listen to that song and be drawn into the presence of God, even though the songwriter was messed up? Right. And it, I I know that this, we can't answer this question perfectly, but like in these moments, it gives me hope knowing that God never said he was going to use perfect people to display his perfect power. He said he was going to use imperfect people. And guess what? We're all imperfect. Every institution, every individual, every leader, every Mm -hmm. group of people, we are imperfect. Yet still, the beauty of the power of God is that he can still somehow miraculously work through our sin, through our mistake, and display and reveal his kingdom. And so he chooses to use imperfect people. That gives me hope that my life matters, that it's worth something, that it can make an impact, that it can make a difference in the midst of, you know, all the mistakes and stupidity that that I've done or chosen over the years. So, I don't know. In 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 entertaining the wrestle with this, it's also there's a piece of it that's like giving me hope of like yeah yeah man the yeah. lord's using me it's, it's really just a testimony of the power of god able to work and move yeah. despite our messiness right. despite our weakness right. it, it it actually magnifies that hey god's working for our good yeah in the midst of junk and yeah. sin and brokenness yeah. you yeah. think about like the apostle paul writing i can't remember where this is at but so um brett Google things while I'm talking yeah. to help me, but um, that you know, the through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the universe. Yeah, and that it, you know that that's the whole thing that makes the manifold wisdom of God be made known is that we are an imperfect, sinful people, and yet through His power and His strength, you know, the gospel is known, the love of Christ is shown, and the world is transformed. 
That's yeah. the manifold wisdom of, of God in Christ Jesus. Where's yeah, that at? That's Ephesians 3, 10. Um, so here's Ephesians 3, 9 through 11. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Jesus yeah. our Lord. So God created the church, and it's made up of imperfect people, me and you and everybody who's not perfect, which is everybody. Which is <laughs> so everyone. All of us. Speak for yourself. And, and so, <laughs> you know, we, we make mistakes, and yet, you know, back to that, you know, through my weakness, the power of God is, is made known, right? That... Um, that his power is sufficient for my weakness. Yeah. And that, that plays itself out in Jake's life and in Than's life, but it plays itself out in the church's life, you know, right. over thousands of years that in our weakness, God is still strong. And so you think yeah. about, like Jeffrey talked about the, the Church Too movement and in the Me Too movement, and he yeah. was talking about, you know, this, this just the horrible atrocities that have happened yeah. to people at the hands of priests and pastors and deacons and, and stuff like that. And, and you think about that and you say like, does that, that doesn't negate everything that a pastor, a priest or a deacon can right. do. That's, that's right. That's the worst of it. But even with the worst, you know, even though we fail that much, you know, God still uses the church. Yeah. 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 I, th I think that there's at the heart of the matter for a lot of people, it's, it, it, looking at the failures, the faults, the weaknesses, the sin, the, the potential for abuse, the, the existence of actual abuse, and, and and all those things, is it worth engaging the church? Is it is it, it can I trust the church uh, in the midst of all that stuff? Can I trust it enough to to see the good stuff? Right, mm -hmm. and and I think honestly. For for a whole whole lot of people, it comes down to they've had an experience. They've had, uh, yeah, they, they've had some kind of encounter with somebody in the church that left them hurt mm -hmm. and yeah. frustrated, wounded. It's either them or somebody that they know personally mm -hmm. that yeah that has had a personal experience that wasn't good. Yeah, and that's I think I think that's really at the heart of why a lot of people wrestle with this question of trusting the church. Yeah, yeah, and it, it kind of goes back to some of what we've talked about in the past weeks of of those who deconstruct their faith. Oftentimes, the ones that I encounter are the ones that I talk to. They are deconstructing their faith not because of Jesus, but because of something the church has done, right. or that a follower of Jesus or a proclaimed professed, yeah. you know, sinners, follower of Jesus has yeah, done. sinners have done yeah. in the name of Jesus, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right of, of a lot of this, a lot of this comes from personal pain and true hurt and maybe even true injustice that has happened. Um, but then finding places in history to try to like... Yeah, like that kind of reinforces... Reinforce it and stir the stink of like... It's just completely untrustworthy, uh, entirely. I'm I'm throwing it out altogether. Mm -hmm. But like you talked on, I mean, we can't. Uh, maybe it was Jake. Y'all both referenced it. Like we can't toss out the good that the church has done. And you know, Jeff even talked about in his sermons. Uh, in his sermon, he he hit that 
really because of believers, because of the church, we have hospitals, we have education and universities. Um, even the the abolition of of slavery was largely uh, pushed by believers and. Um, you know, there's even the story, if you've never, uh, I'm going to give you some homework, if you like to read, if you don't like to read and you like to listen to podcasts, because you're listening to this one, uh, you can also find a podcast on it. But search God and Guinness, uh, and you can find the the story of Arthur Guinness and the Guinness family, and how incredible uh, these people were in their company and social justice and providing for people. And like they did a crazy amount of things for their employees, their employees' families, for their community. And it was all driven based upon, uh, it was based upon the Guinness's faith. And, and really even as they sat under some teachings of John Wesley, um, they were so motivated. They were so empowered. Their heart was so moved that it was like, you know what? As a believer, how can I make a difference where I am with what I have and with what I'm building? And so, yeah, we can't throw out everything that the church has done throughout history because of their worst days or their worst moments or the moments of those who said they were following Jesus. Yeah, that's the tricky part. Like, you know, maybe they were. Yes. It's nuanced. I yeah. think a huge part of it is just and and you know, multiply the Guinness story by you know thousands, hundreds of thousands. I mean, they're, those, they're people, good, godly, you know, Jesus followers doing incredible things in their communities and have been for a couple thousand years that we'll never know about, you know? Yeah, so right. that, you know, that's, that's happening all over at all times, you know, God is doing these amazing things, but it, it is nuanced because it's like, there are some that some things that are happening in the name of the church, and, and they're not even Jesus followers. I mean, they don't right, even know right. Jesus. And then there's a large, maybe, part that's happening just because we're imperfect. And there's, and there's we too Jesus are hurt. followers that are... Yeah, we've hurt been people hurt. hurt people. Yeah. That's right. And and so we're Jesus followers, you know, but we're making mistakes. I mean, I've made mistakes. As a pastor, I've accidentally hurt people. You know, I've said the wrong thing at the wrong time, not yeah. been there when I was supposed to be there. I've made a decision that hurt people. Sometimes I've, I've had to make a decision, you know, and it was the right decision, and yet it still caused hurt and right. bitterness and things like that. And so I, I've been there, you know, and made mistakes. And so there's, there's a huge part of it that's that. So... Just thinking through, like, how do we, how do we as Jesus followers trust not in the church institute? I guess, you know, I think then you said a minute ago, or somebody said, you know, this idea of, can I trust the church? Well, that's our main question, I guess. Can I trust the church? Uh, and I guess my answer really is no. You really can't trust the church, but you can trust the God behind the church. Yeah. You right. can trust the Jesus who who made the church, who set the church, who decided that, you know, his manifold wisdom would be no, made known to the universe through the church. You can trust that God, right? Yeah. But can you, if you put your faith totally in the people, the yeah. faces of the church, you know, that we get off base because they're going to make a mistake. And that, and that, yeah, that and foundation that one, gets... Yeah, if, if your foundation is built upon the credibility of people or their accuracy or them never causing any kind of pain or hurt or making a wrong decision or creating any kind of offense. If that's what your foundation is built upon, yeah. as soon as it happens, 
it's gonna it's gonna rock your faith. It's gonna yeah. rock your understanding of God. I think that's a, a great point that we can trust the God who one is behind the church, who loves the church. Mm-hmm. We can have hope and we can learn to trust and walk with believers who are mm-hmm. the church, who are pursuing yeah. the things of the kingdom, but also expecting to have grace because yeah. yeah, we're all gonna we're gonna mess up. We're gonna do something wrong, or even if I do something right, it might feel wrong to you or it might hurt you. Yeah. And so, yeah, if our faith is solely in people when it comes to um, our our Christian walk, Christian walk, our spiritual faith, mm-hmm. then then yeah. I would say it's it's yeah. been put in the wrong thing. Yeah, you, yeah. you're set up for disappointment. For yeah, sure. huge disappointment. And yeah. I, I think it, it may be a question of expectation. Uh, yeah, especially of people in the church and the church as a whole. Um, I, I think I think a lot of people have this expectation that the church is going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to handle every situation exactly as they should. Every relationship within the church is going to be this this immaculate, uh, holy, righteous mm-hmm. thing. And and I think if we have that expectation, and I, I don't know that people would just outright acknowledge that, that they have yeah. that. But I think that's part of it. Uh, they subconsciously, have, they have, yeah, yeah. Subconsciously, they have this super high expectation um, that the church is never going to do anything wrong, um, or people in the church um, never going to miss misread a situation uh, or make a bad decision, um, or you know, just cause cause hurt. And so when that happens, it it's like this shock of of you know, I can't believe this and. You know, I I think Jake, you you nailed it on the head. Of you know, God handles things perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, people in the church don't. Um, and, and I almost liken it to a marriage. It's like I, I was thinking the same it, thing as you started talking. It, 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 if if Adina had this expectation that I was going to always be perfect mm-hmm. and never disappoint her, never let her down, never sin, never hurt her, um, we would not. Yeah, be married still. Yeah, and there would be no need for a covenant or a commitment. That's right, because there's perfection. Why do I need to commit if I know that That's we're exactly never right. going to make any mistakes? And the whole point of the covenant, the whole point of the relationship, is I'm committed to you, no matter no matter what comes our way. Right, and and, and there's a commitment to work through mm-hmm. the the hurt and the difficulties yeah. toward healing and reconciliation. And there's a beauty in that. There's growth. There's there's maturing that happens in that process of working through that and trying to come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that can be applied to to those who are in the church or who have been hurt by the church. Like, there is a covenantal relationship, a commitment between you and your church body, and you have to work together. You have to overcome those offenses. You have to to try to move forward, seek unity, find grace, find healing and hope and clarity. And in that, you're stronger because of it. But if we just stop at our pain and our hurt and we just shove everything else away, well, no one on this earth would be married anymore, right? Right, right. Like, like, or have any relationships. Or have any relationship. Yeah. And so that's not applied to a personal relationship. I mean, sometimes it is, and people respond that way, but... Shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Uh, But that's not... It shouldn't be applied to to personal relationships. So maybe we need to change our expectation and our perspective of what the relationship with the church looks like also, and what is our part in it, and how can we... 
How can we walk it out? How can we seek clarity? How can we be part of the conversations of, of talking about what, what hurt us? I mean, I think about in a marriage, a great healthy you know, conflict process is being able to talk to your spouse or listen to your spouse express pain or hurt that was caused and how it made them feel and what like what it's created as far as the struggle. And then mm-hmm. y'all together find the grace, find the healing, find the unity, and then find how to move forward now strengthened in a better way so that the possibility of that happening ag- again is maybe less now and you're able to work in partnership. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as we, as we think about, uh, you know, what Jeff was talking about on, on Sunday with the good Samaritan, you know, how do we do that? How do we do what Brett just said, you know, with the church and even in our relationships, because we, we, we know that we're not perfect, but then we have this, this weird psychological phenomenon to expect perfection in others. In fact, when we make a mistake and there's a, there's a a psychological word for this, a a term, I can't remember what it is, but there, you know, when we make mistakes, we always expect grace, but when other people make mistakes, we don't offer grace. We want justice. We want justice. Exactly. And so, you know, how do we, how do we flip that? And, and Jeffrey talked about the good Samaritan. And a lot of times when you think about the good Samaritan, you read the good Samaritan, like if you're those of you who are listening right now, just be honest with yourself. You you read the Good Samaritan, the parable of the Good Samaritan, and you're the Good Samaritan. <laughs> yeah, we, yes, right? we make that assumption. Yeah, yeah. like and you're I, not, I'm the Good Samaritan. When I'm we the read one it, who's, when we I'm read it, we're Levi. not supposed to be the Good Samaritan. Right? But we're not the Good Samaritan. Like we're the one bleeding on the side. That's right. Yeah. And the Good Samaritan is Jesus. God yeah. sent His Son Jesus into the world. He's the only one. The priests couldn't do it. The Levite couldn't do That's it. Right. You can't do it. I can't do it. We're bleeding on the side of the road, and Jesus comes and gives everything, goes the full 100%, you know, like the Good Samaritan. Hey, I'll pay for the future costs, whatever. I'll come back. All of that, you know? And and so from that foundation, that's how we can live at, in grace with one another and in the church. And when I say church, I mean local church, little C church, and big C church, you know, that, that our that our relationship and our faith in one another um, is only going to happen, only going to stay strong if we start from the, the idea that I am imperfect, sinful, I can't do this right, and yet Jesus still forgave me. Yeah. Jesus still gave his life for me. I'm bleeding on the side of the road, and Jesus rescued me. And now from that truth, I didn't deserve it, I can't earn it, from that truth, I turn my attention towards people in the church, people in the world, and I, I can hopefully, by the power of God, live a, a gracious life. Yeah. yeah, and so I think something for us to think about that are, are listening to this podcast um, is to think, how do I move forward in this? How do I display Jesus to the person in front of me, to the family in front of me, to the world around me? Because part of like what, uh, what Jeff was talking about in the sermon is, is if we are following Jesus, if we are walking out in this way, then people will see Jesus. They will see the church, and they will be able to trust the church at a level because they see people following Jesus, they see Jesus in it. So Mm -hmm. a question for us to just ponder, and I don't know that we answered it here, is just how in our everyday life can we make an effort and we be more mindful of loving and serving the people around us and displaying 
the truth of Jesus, that Jesus in his grace found us, healed us, uh, you know, cared for us when no one else did, and then paid the price for what we couldn't pay or no one else would pay yeah. ourselves. Like, how do we mm-hmm. move forward in trying to display Jesus and display the church to a world who right now, you know, a lot of them point the finger at the church uh, in disgust. And so yeah, that's just something to ponder. Yeah. You know, one of the things I, I was thinking about as we were talking uh, through this is a, as a pastor uh, here at Beltway, I, I want to, you know, maybe represent uh, yeah. on some level to those that have been hurt yeah. by people in the church. Um, I, I want to represent that person to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and I want to ask um, just for forgiveness where, where there has been um, just a decision or something that was done in the name of Jesus uh, by somebody in the church that was just wrong and yeah. sinful. Um, I, and I, so if you're listening to this and you've been hurt, um, I, I want to take the first step uh, as a representative, as a pastor, and say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Will you forgive that person that, that hurt you? And yeah. will you begin a journey toward healing and forgiveness? Uh, in that, um, if we, if we can be the three of us can be a, a starting point yeah. for that journey, um, I I, I want to be all in yeah. in that. And yeah. So uh, yeah, that, I, I just know I, I, my own experience. I've been hurt by people in the church, mm-hmm. and and I wish somebody would have would have come to me and said, "I'm sorry, uh, will you forgive me?" And so I just standing in that place, standing yeah. in that gap. If you're listening to this, you've been hurt. I'm sorry. Yeah. And will you forgive us? Yeah, I'm so glad you went there because I I just wrote on my notepad, literally right as you like breathe to talk, I wrote the word repentance. Um, and so one, thank you, San, for your leadership and leading out in that. And and I hope people do um, forgive us, forgive pastors, forgive the church for what's what's been done and the hurt that's been caused. And yes, the the injustice that has happened. Um, yeah. Because of our sin, or because of our mistakes, or because of our distractions, or or anything else. But I also want to encourage all of us as believers to, instead of just like, instead of just toss out like, oh yeah, the church is responsible for some bad stuff in the past, um, you know. But that's not me. I, to me, there's something stirring in my heart that there's a place where one we should be bothered, and we should have. We should have sorrow. We should have regret. We should have repentance for yeah. the things that have been done in the name of the church, yeah. in the name of following Jesus. And, you know, be a part of that repentance, even if it's not something we did, be part of, of representing those those people, you know, either before the Lord or before other people of just standing in the gap and repenting and saying sorry for mm-hmm. the injustice and the hurt that's, that's happened. Yeah. I, I think... As believers, I think we need to continue to grow in the practice and the art of repentance and what we do, yeah, uh, not just for ourselves, but um, being able to do that on behalf of, of someone also. But like we've already said, like we're imperfect. We've hurt people. Mm-hmm. Every single person listening to this podcast has hurt someone, mm-hmm. uh, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And so there are things that you know, we need to daily go before the Lord or weekly go before before the Lord and just 
seek repentance on for the things we know, uh, but also for the things that we we don't know. Maybe yeah. we were blind to seeing, but that our heart would break for the injustice and the pain, yeah. and that there would be such a desire that the grace and the healing mm-hmm. of God comes and redeems and restores those mm-hmm. moments and those those feelings and those beliefs. Yeah, good. So I, I just think, yeah, just to kind of emphasize that, I want to just say, again, kind of what Than said, that, um, man, take a step and and give us another chance. You know, yeah. We, yeah. we believe that there's something here for you, uh, not just at Beltway, but at a church, at, at a body of believers, a community of faith that yeah. you need. Yeah. And, you know, I just think it's very difficult, if not impossible, to follow Jesus and not love his bride, love his church, and, yeah. and be a part of it. Because Jesus just, loves his bride. Yeah. You're just missing out, and it's not it's not about us. I promise you, as I say this, it's not about yeah. getting you here or whatever. It's it's. I just I hurt for you because you're missing out. You're missing yeah. out on all yeah. that God has for you. Yeah, I, I almost have the sense, you know, that it, it's worth the risk. It's worth the so, risk. Someone needs to hear yeah. that. It's yeah. worth the risk. Mm, yeah. So risk it. Risk it another time. Yeah. Find a church. Get involved. If we can help you do that, reach out. Yeah, reach out to us. Well, everyone, thank you uh, for this discussion. And again, there's always more to say or more to go to, but uh, I enjoyed it. Than, thank you for being here for today and Thanks offering your me. thoughts and even uh, leading in um, just that that standing in the gap for, for yeah, someone else and, and for repentance. That was powerful. Um, everyone, we hope you have a great week. Be blessed. And remember, God is moving your life beyond Sundays.